and welcome to the NFT Roundup. I'm your host, Jimmy T, and thanks for joining us for your weekly roundup of the NFT news. Today, special guest is Calcio. He's back in town. How are we doing, Calcio? I'm back, baby, and I'm better than ever. No, I'm great, actually. I'm really excited to be back on my own podcast. And uh, and yeah, I know our co-hosts have been fantastic for the last few weeks. And, but it's a pleasure, pleasure to be back. Yeah, yeah. No, we had uh, Toby Lasso. Um, on it wasn't last week's because we didn't actually do one last week but we had Toby Lasso who was a fantastic um, guest and we also had Harvey from the blocks and we're very grateful to both of them for coming on and helping me um, present the news today we're going to cover a number of stories that have happened over the last couple of weeks in the NFT space we're going to look at Samsung's plans to integrate the nifty gateway into their TVs we're going to have a quick chat about the Axie Infinity hack we're going to explore the Azuki airdrops. Um, I know there's been a, a lot of excitement around them. We're probably going to talk a little bit about Elon uh, buying a, a share of Twitter, OpenSea integrating Solana into their, into their ecosystem, and even touch on some of the UK plans around uh, crypto reforms and how it affects us in the, in the NFT space. So Samsung are planning to integrate Nifty Gateway into their TVs. This is going to open up NFTs and uh, the Nifty Gateway uh, marketplace to a much wider audience. Um, They're also going to seamlessly integrate it into traditional finance. So it's going to be a bit of a lower barrier of entry because people are going to be able to buy NFTs with their normal debit and credit cards. Um, What are your thoughts on this, Cassio? Well, as I said to you earlier, I've just bought my new house. And one of the biggest things I need to do is sort out the front room. And what I need in the middle of the front room is a nice big television. But I don't nice. want it to be super abrasive, right? I don't want it to be the centerpiece. So I'm going to get one of those nice ones that sits in the wall. Samsung? Samsung, yeah, because they actually offer the specific model, which is like a picture frame, right? So you can display anything you want on it, right? Nice art, whatever. And I think this is actually a really good opportunity for NFT artists to be displayed. Now, this is where obviously I'm not going to put like my profile picture on NFTs on a loop. It'd be a bit weird. But things like uh, Drift's latest drop, that sort of thing, yeah. it's just one of many examples, would look great. And it's also something which I feel offers the opportunity to give a bit more physical utility to someone who doesn't get NFTs. Yeah. So whether or not it's going to be massively beneficial, like super honestly, am I ever going to buy an NFT using my TV? Probably not. Yeah. But the opportunity to, I guess, just add it to a, 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 a banquet of different ways that mainstream companies are using nfts i guess in that sense is good i guess yeah. it offers another thing we can say well, samsung are doing this and whatever else well i think it's sort of nifty gateway they're kind of usp or the sort of sector of the NFT space that they're cornering is the fact that they're trying to um both on board traditional artists into nfts and they, they offer a lot of traditional artists on their marketplace people like beeple Everyone who's going to have a Samsung TV was going to have access to this app. So it's just, as I said earlier, much wider audience base. It should help on board some normies. One issue I've got with it, have you ever used a decent smart TV app? Is there actually any app that you've actually had a decent user experience on? Usually they're a little bit shaky, aren't they? They're not (laughs) optimized the best. But then again, I guess for me, it would be more focusing on it just being another acceptance of Web3 Mm-hmm. as opposed to a, this is a great thing that you must use. Yeah. One of the issues I do have with it, though, is for me, one of the things I really liked about NFTs is that it was a gateway for normies to get into crypto. And you can get someone who's interested in uh, an existing brand that then releases an NFT, like, a, for example, 
like Marvel characters or um, whatever brand they might be interested in launching an NFT, it was a good gateway for people getting into crypto. But the fact that you can buy these NFTs using sort of your Visa card, your debit, or your credit card, you kind of lose that benefit of the NFT space. Um, that is one issue I, I kind of see with it. It's inevitable though. I'm pretty sure that uh, you can now start to use your card to buy from OpenSea. Um, so it, it it's a tough one. I mean, one of the biggest conversations I'm having at the minute is whether I buy a CryptoPunk. First of all, I feel that they're reasonably priced compared to the fact that, you know, they are what they are. Um, but one of the only sort of hesitations I have with them is that the reason I feel like they were so cool is because they were this indie kind of like, fuck the fuck the band kind of thing where it was like a real standout because of what they'd done from from where they come from now that they've been bought by Nuga Labs does that mean that they are much more kind of like Starbucksy? Yeah. and by consequence do we have to kind of just hold our hands up now and say that we're not early anymore in the sense that there's never gonna be another board ape you know those sorts of things those days are gone I've not heard and of actually Jimmy I have heard of Jimmy Dan that's why I definitely know it's not gonna <laughs> run board ape but I guess for me, you've got to just draw the line on, on 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 wanting the indie coffee shop version of NFTs now and accept that it is now Starbucks. And instead of looking at it as a negative, just go, okay, well, where can I still enjoy this space? It's hard. There are lots and lots of um, complications that come from it being less community driven. Um, you know, like the you'll have seen the goop the goop goop dudes or whatever they're called uh, that have come out. They just sat in a space just saying goop for two and a half hours, um, which is very reminiscent of like the early days of Bored Ape and things like that, when they're just yeah. going, ooh, 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 you know, that's, well, that's that, still going to happen. Again. Do it again. I don't think I, I can't turn you on too much, especially on recording. <laughs> um, you know, those things, that, that sort of degening as, as it's so frequently called, it's still going to happen. Uh, ooh, but... ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ah. Oh, 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 uh, ah, ah, ah. but it, but it's just you know that that's that's it now, right? We're just yeah. that's the space we live in. We've got to get on with it. Credit cards are coming, yeah, because. They don't want to buy ETH. People just want to be able to go buy the picture and say they've bought Monkey. I think it makes me a bit sad. I want I want people to onboard. I'm a crypto guy. I'm a crypto native. I've been in crypto since 2017. I want people to um, pump my bags by more people coming in. And it kind of relates to Visa's announcement as well. They put an announcement out last week that they're setting up an NFT creator program to bring small businesses into the digital economy. Um, and they've also got aspirations that they want all the major marketplaces to accept Visa as a payment. So... Yeah, I think um, we're we're not far away from from the, from that happening. But um, for me, I, I I I'd like people to to use crypto in this crypto native space. Right, let's move on. So the second story that we're covering today is the Axie Infinity hack. Did you hear about this one? Uh, I don't know how you couldn't have heard about this. It was pretty bloody mental. Unless you're living under an ether rock. See what I did there? I don't want to talk, don't want to talk just, to you, mate. Don't want to talk to you. Um, so the exploit occurred within the Ronin Bridge, which is a way of sending crypto between um, between Axie's own blockchain and ETH mainnet. Um, the Ronin network detailed that 173,600 ETH and 25.5 million USDC was stolen with a total value of around 620 million USD. So that is pretty much setting it as one of the biggest crypto heists um, in, in crypto history. Now, the, the hack itself was due to a security lapse, kind of more more of a human error than a, than a technical fault. I know they've got a multi-sig wallet, which which has nine signers, and then they needed um, five to approve any transactions. And I think one person had access to four of those of those wallets so they just basically hacked that one person had four and they just had to get another one um 
it basically meant that they were able to send to, to extract 620 million from from the ecosystem and no one even noticed for i think it was like four days that nobody noticed someone put out a meme on twitter that they said they saw that the hack had happened so they um they immediately shorted shorted axes sort of coin but because no one noticed it pumped and liquidated them <laughs> no, that's that's what happened. That's literally what happened. He, I wasn't sure if this guy was just taking a taking a mix. No, no, no. That, that's no, no. That's what the guy did. So basically, what he did is he then shorted it, thinking I'm a smart guy. They're going to notice, and then because they didn't notice, there was just like a general random pump, and then that pump liquidated him because he just shorted it and he lost all the money. Oh, it's terrible. The... I mean, I don't mean to laugh. It's, it's awful for anyone who's, um, who's kind of lost any money. I would say from experience in the space is normally when we get something like this that the the um, it does come good for the people who have lost out and a lot of the money normally gets returned. It gets um, redeemed. People cover it. Axie, I know that they've already raised a number of funding. They've already, I think they covered about 25% of it through money that they've already raised in relation to the hack. Um, also, the benefits of blockchain is everyone's kind of tracking this money. Um, I know I heard that an, an amount of it had been sent to FTX, um, which will clearly get claimed, I, I would have thought. But I have now heard since in the last couple of days that also a big chunk of it has been sent to Tornado Cash, which, which is where they kind of mix, mix yeah. it up um, so that people don't know where it's going. I think this kind of thing really highlights the, the risk of this bankless society that we want to push into. Now, I'm a big fan of self-sovereignty um, and of the whole kind of bankless um, push because I, I can kind of take responsibility for, for my own wallet. It's easy for me to say because I've never been hacked. I haven't lost anything, so I haven't had the kind of bitterness of that. And I'm really, really careful with anything that I sign any kind of screen sharing that I do, I always assume I'm being hacked um, through any any kind of communication that I have with anyone. Um, but you have to be in this space, you have to be responsible for your own security. That's kind of the whole premise of cryptocurrency, that you are your own bank, you're cutting out the middlemen, but you through that you do lose a lot of the protection that you would have had through through having a massive multi, um, multi-billion dollar corporation looking after your money for you. So to put this in perspective, $14 billion is how much money illicit cryptocurrency addresses received last year, which was up 80% from the year prior, um, and obviously an all-time high in cryptocurrency-based crime. You've been hacked? Uh, no, which is impressive. Uh, I just <laughs> super candidly haven't kind of listened to your monologue there. I don't really think the vast majority of people I know are ready for that at all. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably going to be the massive rejection that we get. Just w- whether you like it or not, as a realist, um, you've got to accept that if you look at your look at the two next door neighbours you've got left and right of you, do you really confidently believe that they would be willing to take on? Because this is a willing choice, right? It's not like the banking system where you're a kid, you get a credit, a debit card, credit card, whatever, and that's just life. Crypto is a choice, and um, as more forward thinking people in a financial sense, then you can go, okay, cool, it makes sense because X, Y, Z. I cannot imagine either of my neighbours being gassed about losing that security because they don't need to lose it. That That's yeah. probably going to be a different conversation for a different day, but that that's the big 
big pondering that we have yeah to i mean are we, are we we could deep dive into the fact that you know all the banks uh, are out there um corrupt massively corrupt spending loads of money when they fail stop me we spending up, my money we end up bailing them out with our own money anyway big corporations that are making an absolute ridiculous amount of money off Do us, you know what it is not lending it's... money to the to, to um lower social classes and particularly particular ethnic groups but let's not go down that rabbit hole what one one of the biggest things that's changed the final thing I said in the banking industry is that before the onus was on them to prove that your money wasn't yours, but yeah. now the onus is on you to prove that it's yours, and that's where a lot of crypto um, people have an issue. Crypto people, uh, crypto nerds have an issue because they go to withdraw money that they've made legitimately via trading a legitimate market, yeah, and. Because the onus is on them to prove it, like, you know, it's okay if you explain to me, oh, yeah, I traded X, Y, and Z coin and I made a million. That's cool. I get it. I can see it. And I understand how to do the blockchain. You can't explain that to a fat cat bank. Oh, bloody clue. And that's yeah. one of the biggest issues that, that we have is, is the onus is on o- you. As overregulated is already in comparison to the normal financial markets, like all the kind of KYC and things like that. You have to prove exactly where all your money's coming from in crypto, it seems, these days. And it's uh, completely different to, to the normal financial systems where you have actually some some actual privacy. Um, and yeah, we're going to find it's we're in a stage of... I keep calling it pathfinding, where it's going to be, they're going to be looking around to try and find what is the right amount of regulation for the space. And I think that actually leads us beautifully onto um, a story that I was going to say for the end, but we'll cover now. And it's the fact that the UK has revealed some uh, plans for crypto reforms. So Economic Secretary John Glenn said the UK was open for crypto business, which gets me excited. Obviously, we're both based in the UK. They want to bring stable coins under their regulatory framework. Um, and basically bring out some legislation so that they can be a uh, useful and accepted form of payment for all goods and services in the UK. Uh, The Treasury said with appropriate regulation, they could provide a more efficient means of payment and widen consumer choice. And this will contribute to make the UK a global hub for crypto asset technology. Um, So I find that pretty exciting. And I think it's actually one of the the good things to come out of of Brexit, actually, where Brexit has caused... um, quite a lot of quite a lot of issues um for for some sectors um is a lot of cost for a lot of people but there have been some benefits and one of those is that the uk is having to kind of find its way of of um, bringing back some of the money into the country and one of those things that we can do is be uh, market leaders in fintech well rishi sunak who is uh, again a polarizing character we'll yep. to his yeah. specifics he's actually asked the royal mint the geese to make our stamps to make the first British-led NFT. Um, yes. There's no further details on this, but just as a another update, there were some really quite negative um, EU-based and UK-based things that came out as well that were perhaps less bullish. So yeah, I think it's um, pretty positive news. Hopefully, um, we don't want the, the space to be overregulated. I don't I have no idea what this Bank of England NFT is going to be like. Um, hopefully, it's not you know profile pictures based on the on the governor of the Bank of England. Different wearing different hats and cigars. I'd, I'd buy it, mate. Imagine the queen, <laughs> like, as a you know, natural form as a lizard. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, get the queen, like get the queen, literally with different like different traits. Yeah, yeah like with as a lizard with her corgis like eating her and things like that. <laughs> as a lizard, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just the next creeps airdrop. Um, talking of airdrops, I'm not I'm segueing lovely in this in this uh, in this episode. Talking of airdrops, um, we're going to cover the Azuki airdrop. Did you pay much attention to this over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, big pile of dirt. 
bit rude. But yeah, Azuki is uh, one, of, one of the first mainstream anime projects that's really sort of blown up and can probably be considered as a upcoming or a existing blue chip NFT collection. Now, they unveiled an airdrop to their members at a private NFT, uh, NFT LA party that was for holders. It was another bit of a dodgy one, a bit like Yuga Labs with the Mebits running up before the news came out. The floor price had doubled before the airdrop was actually announced. So again, unregulated space, Jinsider trading seems to be seems to be going on. Um, but the general the general thing that's happened is each holder has been airdropped two NFTs, um, which started off as a crate parachuting, um, and then it updated on April Fool's Day on April the 1st to where the crate landed, opened up and it was a big pile of dirt. This was to create a bit of a Twitter storm. They definitely got the marketing right on this. So people were trying to wonder if it was an April Fool's joke or not. I mean, the price maintained, it was around, I think three or four ETH at the time. It went for, up for, these, it was for these crates and for the dirt. Um, but now it's further updated and it's a little red bean pod um, with a little character that keeps sort of poking its little head out. Um, and you see its eyes. And I think the current floor price today is 5.4 ETH. Regret not having a, a Zuki? Um, the, the thing is that if you remember quite clearly, I um, got paid by a client in uh, crypto and I had a nice big juicy bag of things to buy. And I went through a list and I had a very clear list and the Zuki was on that list. Yeah. And oh, so you're sorted then. Can't tell you why I didn't buy one, genuinely. Um, I think it's a, I, I wrote a brief thread on it as well. It's a testament to why you need a plan in the NFT space, why you need to stick to it, and why you need to also, more important than anything else, not just fade shit just because you don't like it. I'm not an anime guy. So I was like, well, yeah. you know, I won't get one. And uh, that's cost me, like, because when I say this, I'm not sorry about it, but like if I bought one, two airdrops, that's 11 ETH at current price. Floor of an Azuki's absolute bang, you know, so. Good, good yeah. lesson there is don't don't fade you just because you don't love it. Um, I think it's really interesting though because um, it's it's obviously a very westernized market now. Anime, you know, I've sold a lot of anime products, which is cool. Um, but equally, it does show that there is a lot of power coming through from the Eastern world as well, which is one thing which we were all, all were originally unsure whether it would kind of. Chinese Chinese regulation is so up and down on crypto yeah. and it's affected the market so much. I think China tends to ban crypto every year, which is always weird. Um, like, this is like, you're banning it again? What the hell? Um, but they really actually seem to be open to NFTs and yeah. they opened the door for it like, what was a couple of months ago? Um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but there was a big surge of interest from, from, from Asia um uh, in nfts after that point and i think it's coming beaut beautifully we have found what a terrible drop it's coming beautifully with um with the azuki drop and what now it ran up to over 30 east floor uh, it's yeah. currently sitting around 25 so one of my biggest client bases was singapore um it just it was huge market for collectibles out there and i think that that's again a lot where the business is coming from um, but I also think what's quite interesting is if you really look at profile picture-based projects, ignore whether or not they've got loads of utility around them or not, blah, blah, blah. Really, very, very few profile picture-based projects have broken that 30 ETH barrier. Mm. Um, you know, if we... And, and when we even, do look at the ones mutants, that have... Even did Mutant Apes, they've kind of got up close a few times. 20, like 29, 29. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're like 27 barrier. now. Because it's, well, it's like 100K, isn't it, in USD? And I'm not saying they don't count, but they're obviously the companion drop of 
of of the biggest project in the space, right? So yep. discounting that, yeah. cyber, cyber Kongs, which are not just a profile picture at all. There's a huge different, you know, spectrumization yeah. of banana and everything like that. Um, and then obviously punks, which again, in my opinion, that it's not they don't count, but it's like they have a very specific reason they did it. For Azuki to do it in like two months is is yeah. mental. A new story that broke this week is about Elon Musk buying 9.2% of Twitter. Now you're probably wondering what the hell has this got to do with NFTs? But NFT, the NFT space is kind of managed by Twitter. That is where a lot of it goes on. If you're not, if you're into NFTs and you're not on Twitter, you are not experiencing sort of a huge percentage of 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 what the the NFT space is about because. It's a lot of where the communities hang out. It's a lot of where the meme kind of, because we're embedded in meme culture, where that kind of exists. Um, it's a lot of discussion on the future of the market, what's happening. Um, a lot of it is happening on, on on Twitter. So I think it's an important story to cover. Now, a bullish thing to me on Twitter and thing that I've always been a big um, criticized Twitter about is um, censorship. I'm not a big fan of heavy-handed censorship on on any of these kind of systems, which is why I'm a big advocate of cryptocurrency and decentralization. And I know that Elon Musk has made a number of comments in the past that would suggest that he is of that same way of thinking as well, and that he believes that Twitter is over-censored at the moment. And he and I'm hoping with him now taking a commanding share in the company that he's going to introduce some policies that are that more there for protecting free speech, not censoring what people say. I mean, for example, there was recently evidence of a load of um a load of tweets that had been deleted by twitter and, and taken off by twitter that were advocating um the the uh, trump in the late in the last american election actually turned out to be true and they um they removed them they were in because they um they weren't in joe biden's favor which it just shows how bad that this kind of censorship um can be so it's a positive move for me um it's a bit of a meme already what are your thoughts on this one I mean, the two things to preface it with are that, uh, first of all, he's the richest geezer in the world. Everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He made Part the biggest bag, biggest, well, biggest bag ever off of this as well. Like he made absolute racks off of the trade, so fair play. Um, and equally, it's still super important to remember, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, right, as, a, as an example of another second richest yeah, man in the world. That's crazy. Right? So, so what really underlies for me is even if he's, lenient with the freedom of speech on Twitter, the richest man in the world now controls the most socially conversant platform in the world. Yeah. Um, I get that a rich guy's always going to own Twitter. Um, yeah. I do think it's, it's, it's pretty prevalent to remember that this guy's not done it all for the people. Um, mm. He's done this to make money and also to control a narrative, um, good or bad. And, uh, you know, he obviously is one of the cleverest people on the, in, on the planet. Like the guy's made absolute racks. And also completely embraces the meme culture of Twitter, shit posts and everything like that. Because he knows, he knows yeah. people get, get high <laughs> on it. I do um, love it. I do love it. Yeah. Um, edit button on Twitter. On Twitter, mate. I delete so many tweets, but not because they're like things I'm not wanting to tweet, but because I've just like typed things completely wrong or missed a spelling check or whatever. As long as it's got an edit history on it, like you know, yeah, I don't it's see what the issue the history, is. It's just. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, you just chat. I mean, it's, it's obvious, right? If I tweet something and everyone's like, ah, it's fantastic, and I change it to a really horrible opinion on um, on anything, and, and you've got like Barack Obama retweeting it or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It looks terrible. Yeah, everyone buy Pixelmon. Um, 
By the way, I don't know if you've actually put this in there, but Pixelmon haven't tweeted since the end of February. Have they not? Um, Have they actually rugged? No. Well, I I mean, to be fair, I don't think anyone's got the balls to rug 70 million because that's insanity. And the guy who obviously owns the project is pretty well known. Um, but they equally haven't tweeted since the twenty. Well, they're probably saying that they're just like they're just building. Building, they are building. And do you know yeah. what? Uh, 20, it's, yeah, twenty fifth of February was the last. Oh my god, that's so bad. And that is literally they haven't tweeted since they hatched. We're building. Building, we're building, man. We're, we're just building, building, bro. We're just building. Um, yeah, meme, meme, meme. Um, do you know what would turn out to be really bad if Pixelmon turned out to be behind all the Kevin meme projects as well? No, I'd be down for that. Man. I'd be like, that then becomes clever. Can you right? imagine? Like, and then like, they use the 70 million to do Frank Frank. And <laughs> I like, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. I didn't mind Frank Frank. I, I like, yeah. Well, quite, it was quite Frank hilarious. So if you join their Discord, they've got two channels. One's Frank and the other one's Frank. <laughs> that's it um but it's, it's just it's just I, I love the memes you know you know i do this, you've seen jimmy is... dow i love a meme i need to oh, i need to do a frank frank jimmy dow one of the biggest things you have to do in web3 is lean into the meme like yeah, i think yeah. it's quite a well-documented sort of prophecy and you know there's there's a list of things that we could all kind of spiel out that make a bit of generally rambly sense one of the biggest you've got in the meme. Well, it's they're all managed on Twitter. Like literally the whole yeah. of the NFT space is based on Twitter and Twitter is obsessed with memes. So yeah. The last story that we're going to cover on today's episode or this week's episode, I should say, of the NFT Roundup is OpenSea planning to integrate Solana into the marketplace. Well, I think they've already started to doing this, started doing this. So currently OpenSea has Ethereum, Polygon and Clayton. In its um in its ecosystem, they're planning to bring Solana in, which is already a pretty popular blockchain uh, for NFTs. This should increase their revenue because I think they're starting to lose a little bit of market share to some of their competitors. So the biggest existing Solana marketplace is Magic Eden. Um, they lead they lead at the moment with about forty million USD dollars of trading volume. Um, that was over the last sort of thirty days. That compares to OpenSea's. A trading volume of about 3.4 billion over the same time scale. So recently, I think we've seen that OpenSea have gone through a wave of changes and updates over the last few months um, to try and keep its market share as new marketplaces come into the space. I know LooksRare released in January and they've already facilitated over $20 billion of trading volume since they released, which is which is not a small amount. That is a large amount of trading volume. They've also made a number of changes to try and improve their user experience, as well as plug some of the holes and the bugs that have been exploited um, in recent days that have been very well, very well publicized on Twitter of people losing high value assets on um, what people to have described as exploits. But yeah, so interesting to see that um, OpenSea are doing this. What are your thoughts on this, Cassie? Without being like, you know, too, too facetious, um, I don't care. Because OpenSea, <laughs> no, seriously, I don't. I think OpenSea is the biggest example of a negligent company, one of the worst companies I've seen. Um, they have allowed and inhibited millions of dollars to be lost from their user base that has made them a stupid amount of money. 
What we need is good customer support. What we need is a genuine team to deal with problems that already exist. My, my next point on this was going to be, um, you know, it's great that they're doing uh, these changes to improve their user experience and plug some of those exploits. But the biggest complaint we always hear about OpenSea is about their customer service and trying to get a response to them about anything. The real low-hanging fruit for this company that earns, on average, $4 million a day in trading fees is actually putting together a strong customer service and customer support team that can actually deal with some of these issues and actually give some of their users some reassurance. That's not even expensive. That's not even like an expense. And I don't mean to be, you know, Mm -hmm. if you put that in in, in the regular place, you get customer service. And I, this is from experience. It's not an expensive procedure. It's not no. like it's going to break the bank. If you're only $4 million a day and I appreciate there's overheads and whatever yeah. else, that should be a bare minimum. And you've got to get over the facade of we are Web3, so we're... It also raised $300 million yeah, in January. in Seagram, yeah. <laughs> so and you, you've got to get over this bullshit. Like, like, And I'm not being, you know, again, I'm trying to be facetious. Go get this bullshit of like, oh, Web3, man, we're all Indian hop. No, we need proper customer service when someone's making that much money. The fact yeah. that I can sell an asset and assets have sold for millions of dollars, and if I have an issue, I can't quickly send someone a message or a live chat uh, and, and get a reply in, in well, minutes. It kind of pisses me off. It's like, also, like, they're really good at responding to board ape holders because they're so well publicized in the space, but then anyone else loses a big asset from a different collection, you just don't okay. get a response for like six weeks and they just don't and- give a shit. And even then, board ape holders have massive issues, right? Yeah. There's, oh, they it, still do, absolutely. And, and I appreciate massively, and this is just this is the harsh reality of the world, right? If and you know, someone like and it's not going to happen. Say Pranksy gets scammed, right? Then obviously they're going to reply in five seconds because of the negative publicity, which shows that they can do it. They have the facilities to actually yeah. take care of their customers. They're just going, nah, we're actually going to pick and choose who we give a shit about, which, again, I appreciate every business will do that. I get it. I totally understand. Do it a bit more fucking subtly when we're giving you $4 million a day. Come on. But I completely agree that, um, you know, a huge customer service and process overhaul would be the best thing they can do. Solana, I mean, I know most people want to just um, transact on ETH mainnet as their main blockchain. I, I've only really bought NFTs on, on ETH and a few little things on Kronos. But when people realize that the merge isn't going, the Ethereum merge is not going to lower gas fees, you might find that some of these um, some of these chains actually get a little bit more popular. We're not; it doesn't look like we're going to get lower gas fees on Ethereum until um, probably twenty twenty three. And with them moving to a um, deflationary model where the price is surely going to be going up um, by dramatic amounts, the cost of these gas fees is is going to go up a lot. And I think it's going to become a big barrier of entry for people for NFTs in the latter half of 2022. I think um, Q3, Q4, 2022, ETH mainnet is going to be a really difficult place to transact on because the gas fees are going to be so high. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And it's good to have these additional options for, for, for some of the projects. Um, so yeah, thanks for, for, for tuning into the NFT roundup. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have got this far and you haven't already liked and subscribed, make sure that you do. We'd quite like you to leave a comment and let us know what you thought of the episode and tell us if there's any news that we think that you think we've missed. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Anything to add, Cassio? I don't like OpenSea, but I had a great time recording this episode. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, thanks very much for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>